Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios in Atlanta, it's time for Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by Computer Design and Integration. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk with business leaders from Atlanta and the surrounding communities. Silver Lining in the Cloud is brought to you by CDI Managed Services, who outsources IT solutions, infrastructure support, and cloud computing. I'm Dominic Rainey, and I'm your host today, and it's going to be a great show. We've got uh, a couple of guys that uh, really are uh, local uh, businesses, and, and one's uh, at, at a university locally here. Uh, as I said when we started, gentlemen, we uh, if I'd known you were that close together, I could have had you carpool. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, our guests today are uh, Chris Arendelle, who is the CEO and founder of a company in Marietta called Inbox Pros. And then we'll be talking with Andy Green, who is the uh, lecturer. He's actually uh, director of uh, assistant director of operations, and uh, and and he does lecturing on uh, the subject of information security and assurance at Kennesaw State University in Kennesaw, Georgia. Welcome, guys. Uh, Thank you for joining us, uh, taking the time out of your busy schedules to be with us today. And uh, Chris, why don't you kick it off? Tell us a little bit about Inbox (coughs) Pros. Great name, I'm sure, and <laughs> uh, and uh, how you guys uh, work over there and uh, what's going on. Thank you. So we are uh, an email deliverability, uh, privacy, and compliance consulting firm. So we focus on <clears throat> helping those you know B two B brands, B two C brands uh, reach the inbox. Um, as you know, uh, sending out large amounts of emails. Um, not every email gets to the inbox and the goal of reaching the inbox is to reach your subscriber and hopefully convert or have them convert on your email. <clears throat> so we work with a lot of, um, large brands, medium sized brands, small brands on, um, helping reach the inbox, uh, working through privacy and compliance regulations and laws, uh, you know, can spam act here in the U S, um, international laws in Canada, um, <clears throat> lots of things that uh, email marketers really need to know and understand. Yeah. And so we work with a lot of email service providers. We're part of a lot of um, organizational groups that help, again, people reach the inbox. Chris, how did, how did it come about? <clears throat> how did you uh, come up with the idea or where did the need and uh, how did it all transpire? That's a great question. Um, I used to work for an email service provider, um, and started uh, really in the deliverability space, you know, truly understanding what the struggles are, what the challenges are, and, um, you know, enjoyed working and strategizing with these companies on what they really need to do as far as content, subject lines, lists, um, you know, what all that kind of comes to a head and says, okay, okay, um, the email needs to get in the inbox, but we're having problems. So... After working with a lot of these ESPs, working with a lot of agencies, I said, okay, well, there's really a need for uh, a group to kind of break off and be an independent voice that's not tied to an ESP or not tied to an agency and really provide the feedback that, you know, those companies may not be able to give. Hmm. Just like with anything, right? Um, you know, if <clears throat> if I'm having car problems and I have a Mercedes, and I go to the Mercedes dealership, they may say, oh, well, it's X, Y, and Z. If I take it to an independent third party, they may say, no, it's actually A, B, and C. You know, so it's it's really an independent voice uh, and, and 
you know, somebody who can take a step back and say, it's not the fault of your provider. It's not the fault of your list. It's not the fault of your content. What truly is the fault in digging in and investigating? Hmm. And I really like the investigation part because, you know, like with anything, it's almost like a CSI episode. <laughs> you know, you got to take a step back. You got to see who the culprit is, find out the problem uh, and investigate and, of course, come up with a solution. Yeah. So it's uh, there's no uh, it's a different <clears throat> agenda. It's not a hidden agenda. Correct. And uh, it's truly uh, vendor agnostic, so to speak. It is. And it's not, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, email deliverability is a black box. It's, it's you know, nobody really knows or understands. And I think that we help uh, these companies truly understand what is going on and come up with a solution. I think that's the second part is, you know, you could talk all day long about, well, it may be this or it may be that, but we come up with an actual solution, a step-by-step program to help people, again, get from the junk folder back to the inbox or reach the inbox for the first time. Okay, great. Chris Arendelle <laughs> with Inbox Pros out of Marietta, a unique uh, operation and uh, helping you figure out uh, what's going on with your email. Uh, great <laughs> service. I uh, never would have thought of that one. I thought it just sort of took care of itself. You know? <laughs> yes, sir. It doesn't, does it? No, it no. doesn't. Uh, so what is uh, Chris... Uh, Talk a little bit more about the the deliver the deliverability and and why it's important to a company and where they can get in trouble. So I think a lot of businesses, you know, will just send to an old list or send to possibly like a purchase list. You know, they they think, well, I need to grow my business, and the only way I can do that <clears throat> is to go out and purchase a list. Um, you know, you're, you could possibly run into troubles. Uh, lots of hard bounces. Lots of people complaining that they never signed up for the email. You know, things, those lists are old usually. <clears throat> they are. Yeah. They're typically old. They got to uh, be scrubbed, right? I mean, exactly. They have to be scrubbed. They have to be, uh, you know, verified. But also, again, from an opt-in perspective, you know, everybody's gotten an email in their inbox, and it's, uh, you know, where did that come from? I never signed up. I don't remember that company. Well, it could be that you signed up three years ago, and they're just now sending you an email, or you really didn't sign up for the email, and you know, do you unsubscribe? Do you complain? Do you delete the email? <clears throat> All of those have true consequences when it comes to the sender. Um, so again, uh, your reputation from a sender's perspective is built upon those bounces, those complaints, those spam trap hits, those, you know, everything is really a, a formula that builds your deliverability up or down. Okay. You mentioned ESPs. <clears throat> Uh, exactly what is an ESP and how, how do you work with them? So an ESP stands for email service provider, uh, MailChimp, Constant Contact, SilverPop, ExactTarget. There's lots of ESPs that are out there and based upon the size of your business, <clears throat> the business need, uh, what technology that you need, it really depends upon what's going to be the best fit for you. Mm-hmm. And so we work with a lot of these ESPs to um, you know investigate, gather data, um, work with their clients from a str- uh, strategy perspective on uh, their content, their lists, <clears throat> and again, just from a overall partnership perspective. Um, you know, our goal is to not blame um, <clears throat> you know a technology or an individual as to <clears throat> what the real problem is. It's really to partner and figure out the solution. Okay. Okay. So. Hey, uh, you know, this is a this is a broad subject, I mean, yes. really, and uh, it sounds like you're focusing in on a niche uh, 
uh, is there competitors out there? I've never heard of somebody doing what you do. There's not a lot of competitors because many agencies or many consultants focus on design. Mm -hmm. They focus on how to grow your list. They focus on the analytics. They focus on, you know, integrations with Salesforce or integrations with Dynamics or something. And so our focus is to you know, we don't do any of that. Uh, our focus is just on the deliverability side. So we're, um, you know, certified and trained on, uh, you know, a lot of these ESPs, but <clears throat> we're also, again, have a lot of research and a lot of experience when it comes to working on uh, and solving these deliverability problems and challenges. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's <clears throat> excellent. Good information. Chris Arendelle with Inbox Pros. Great, great concept. Great, great delivery service. I mean, that's you Thank are you. a detective, I guess. Yes. Is everyone a prospect? <laughs> Is anyone that's doing email, or do you have to have a database, or you know, are, you know, do you have to be pushing a lot of stuff through marketing and that kind of thing? You know, not necessarily. You know, we work with a lot of. Uh, you know, both, again, B2B and B2C companies, uh, large brands that do send millions of emails a day. But we also focus on those B2B brands that are doing marketing automation that, mm-hmm. again, uh, in order for you to go from step one to step two to step three, the email has to be seen. You have to convert. So doing so, that takes you to step two and step three. So if the email never gets to step two, your buyer may never see the PDF. They may never see the landing page to sign up for your webinar. So, um, you know, we work with companies that have a list size of, you know, 5,000 all the way up to, you know, 50 million. So it's it's really, like you said, um, we've got a large list of prospects, and it all depends upon how much money you want to invest in making sure that your emails do get to the inbox. Yeah, great, great, great. Well, uh, you know, you 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 got my uh, wheels turning here. I'm thinking about, you know, how can I get through to the guy that I want to get through to? What do I what do I need to put in that subject line, you know, that'll get through versus uh, won't get through? Is there uh, is there some advice there? Yeah. So that's um, always the the million dollar question is, you know, reaching the right person at the right time with the right message. So again, you mentioned subject line. Uh, there's, you know, B2B versus B2C has different tips when it comes to subject line. Of course, being more relevant, maybe using some of those um, words that aren't true trigger words for spam filters, but something that may say, you know, discount or a white paper or something that's more relevant to the buyer, the person that you're trying to reach. Mm. Uh, of course, that coupled with are you sending on a dedicated IP that's assigned just to you? Are you sending on a shared IP where others are sending off of that IP? And so we've done a lot of investigations for those uh, brands that think, oh, well, I'm the only one that's sending on this infrastructure. But after we investigate and find out, no, there's actually casino companies that are sending off of this. There's pharmaceutical companies sending off of this. There's, you know, uh, Brazilian, uh, you know, uh, you know, theater companies that are sending off of this IP address, that's going to affect you. And again, your reputation is built upon not only the IP reputation, but your domain reputation. So, you know, truly digging in and make, coming up with a right sending domain, uh, coming up with a uh, an IP uh, strategy as far as, you know, do you need a dedicated IP? Can you be on a shared? Is the shared IP affecting you? And having that content and subject line that match that's relevant Again, is all based upon what's going to happen when your email gets sent to the inbox of the junk folder. Okay, Chris. So, is this uh, a service that's provided remotely? 
Is yes. it all done remotely, or do you have to go out to the client site? No, it's all done remotely, and so I think that's very beneficial for a lot of our companies that we work with. Um, we do offer an on-site strategy. Uh, typically, it's a quarterly on-site where we actually go and meet with some of these brands to say, uh, okay, let's review the past three months. Let's talk about what's coming up next. And we're typically in a room with uh, chief marketing officers, uh, you know, email marketers, um, analytics, um, people that are assigned to actually sending out the campaigns, oh, content okay. developers. Okay. And we're focused really on what's coming up next. And so things such as Gmail's new Postmaster page that just came out, things such as what's happening with uh, some of the new authentication methods like DMARC, um, what's happening in Canada, you know, with the Canadian anti-spam law. So we're strategizing with them on all of these terms and these lists and these ideas to make sure they're prepared for the next quarter. But yeah. m- uh, most of the time we do work, um, you know, conference calls, uh, you know, uh, shared screens, meetings, things like that. So, so it's in, not on site. So Inbox Pro sounds like it's kind of report driven, uh, results driven. Exactly. And, and uh, so the client really knows what's going on every step of the way. It is. And that's my goal is I want to, and I have offered a service that uh, we do look at the reports. We look at the analytics. We see where they are when we start working with them and we check out again, as we work with them on a monthly basis, quarterly basis, and make sure we're improving. If we're not improving, then you know, we're not doing our job. Uh, and I think that's, that's key is that we're looking at things like making sure the bounce rates are going down, the complaint rates are going down, the opens and the clicks are going up, um, making sure that they're getting the conversions that they want uh, relevant to you know, what's, what's expected from that particular side or that particular category. Boy, I'm almost seeing a little bit of us. Uh, uh, this is going to be a great segue into uh, Andy's uh, topic of information security. So, do you have to have certain credentials? Does Inbox Pros, uh, you know, have to meet certain criteria or anything like that uh, to make clients feel comfortable with looking at their emails, or is it just a numbers thing? I, I think it's both. I think uh, you know, from our perspective, uh, most of our consultants have worked for email service providers. We've worked for internet service providers. Uh, we've worked for blacklist companies. So we, we're familiar with that arena. But also, most of our consultants are you know we're very active in a lot of the organizations centered around deliverability around email. Uh, and I myself, I'm privacy uh, certified, so I'm actually a CIPP. Uh, and we actually participate very heavily in the privacy space because, again, the privacy and compliance part of email, I think, is very, very important, especially as it relates to those people that are sending, again, to Canada, international, um, and, and to making sure that you are, uh, you know, uh, inside those regulations. Okay, great, great. CIPP is uh, certified? Certified Information Privacy Professional. Excellent, excellent. What's it take to get that? <laughs> a lot of time? <laughs> a, a lot of reading and studying and taking an exam. But, I, you know, it's for me, I just, I find that, uh, I don't I don't see this as a job. I just see this as having a lot of fun. Um, working with these brands and clients on privacy, on email deliverability is just, it's, it's almost like I'm living my hobby and my vacation every day working with these brands. Um, and so, again, it's... Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of research, a lot of hard work. But at the end of the day, making sure that these clients are you know happy and getting the results is very important. Oh, absolutely. We're talking with Inbox Pros here on Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by CDI Managed Services. So, Chris, uh, you know, I got to ask you, is uh, a company, you know, in their branding, 
uh, is already known, you know, if their emails were going into a junk folder. I mean, wouldn't they know that and see, you know, be able to pare that list down? Or how does uh, Inbox Pros add value there? So I think most brands, uh, the only way that they know that their email is going to the junk folder is that if they're receiving you know, if they're on the list and they're receiving the email and all of a sudden they don't see it, oh, it's in the junk folder. Now mm-hmm. we have a problem. Mm-hmm. Or they're seeing their open rates go down. Is it seasonal? Is it a technical problem? You know, what's really the reason why the emails are going to the junk folder? So a few different ways there. But what we do is, of course, strategize with them on why is it going there? Was there a technical change? Did you add a new list? Did somebody send to an old list? Um, are you not doing any sort of segmentation to your list? Uh, again, most brands and most companies don't want to get rid of email subscribers. No. You know, it's they want to have a large list. And to have that large list, people that may not have opened three, four, five, eight years may still be on that list and are causing you problems. Okay. So. Okay. So, uh, you know, I'm an email user and uh, I get, I get uh, messages all the time from... <coughs> people I don't know or companies, you know, I don't know. Um, and it says, you know, to, you know, remove yourself from the list. And then it uh, comes up, and then another screen comes up and says, retype in your email address. Is that a scam? Is that a way to get your information? Or what should people do in that, in that regard? That's a great point. Um, I think there's two points to that question. The first one being the reason that a lot of these uh, brands and companies are requiring you to put your email address in again is because if somebody accidentally clicked that link and then, boom, they're unsubscribed and they won't be able to get that email anymore. Um, or secondly, there's a lot of technologies out there that will click on or scan those links mm-hmm. just to validate and make sure one, they're relevant, two, they're not going to a phishing site or a malicious site, and three, if they were to click on that link, then they would automatically unsubscribe you without you ever knowing. And so then you're like, well, where'd that email go? Oh, will you unsubscribe? No, I didn't. So having that, I think, is a, a, a secondary measure for security to make sure that um, you did really truly want to unsubscribe. So I don't think, again, if it's a, a reputable brand, putting in your email address again and hitting submit is not going to be problematic. But secondly, Depending upon the uh, interface or the email client that you're using, there'll also be an unsubscribe link at the very top that will typically be read, again, according to the email. So if the email has certain technology in it, there'll be an unsubscribe in Gmail or Hotmail or AOL that you can then click and it reads that unsubscribe. Wow. Great, great information, Chris. Uh, it's it's uh, it's important, obviously, because so many companies are using email today. I mean, this is not going away. It's going to no, get email uh, is not dying even more so, and it, it certainly carries a lot of uh, issues and uh, I wouldn't say dangers, but I guess sometimes it could it just inconveniences uh, the way uh, the the wrong people are using email to uh, to to create havoc if you will agreed and and you know we will only work with reputable brands and companies uh you know we truly get lots of uh people that will come to our website and sign up and say well i want to send to these 10 million email addresses that i received down at down the hall that i purchased for 400 dollars. Yeah. i'm sorry we're not going to work with you we work with those companies that uh truly want to do the right thing in the space make the ecosystem better and of course make their email program better oh yeah absolutely absolutely so uh I guess the final uh, question in my mind, and then you feel free to add any more information about Inbox Pros, is, um, you know, how do um, 
how do people engage with you? What's the process? What can they expect in, uh, you know, in terms of uh, time um, and anything else that you'd like to talk about in terms of an engagement with a client? Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, we definitely offer quite a bit of services as it relates to uh, a deliverability audit, uh, monthly reporting as it relates to how your emails are performing, our analysis on that. Uh, we do ongoing monitoring and alerting and remediation. So if a brand is having problems and we can actually dig into their ESP, find blocks, find issues as it relates to possibly blacklist or, you know, deliverability problems, we'll work with them on that. Uh, of course, hourly consulting, uh, we do that too. Um, and of course, the quarterly on-sites uh, we, we provide, uh, as well as, um, you know, truly uh, in- engaging with us is looking at your entire program. I don't want to just focus on one area and say, oh, yep, that's the reason. No, let's look at everything, you know, and say, well, is it a combination of these three things, four things, whatever the case may be? Yeah. Um, but, of course, it's it's as little or as much as somebody wants to take it to. And there have been many times that a client will call up and say, well, I'm having this issue. It's this one problem. Just go back and fix that and you'll be fine. Or is it truly something we need to get an engagement together in an SOW for to right. resolve the issue? Okay, okay. So, you know, there certainly has to be some kind of historical uh, context, I would think. That's helpful, point. especially yeah. having some of that data so that we can go back and look at. But, again, um, you know, I'm a realist as well, and if it is something that I truly think that we can resolve, then we'll work together and get it done, uh, again, from an email privacy or compliance perspective. Okay, Chris. Uh, tell our listeners how they can reach out to you and your company, Inbox Pros in Marietta, uh, to get more information or to get one of those audits set up. <laughs> So uh, going to our website, inboxpros.com, is a great site to go to. We uh, have a a listing of all the services that we offer, a contact page, uh, phone number. Um, Our phone number is 678-214-3739. You can email chris, C-H-R-I-S, at inboxpros.com, and we'll be glad to hop on a call and you know, talk and discuss and see what we can do to help. Excellent. Great service you're providing to the community here. By the way, is it a century remote? Is it global or is it uh, national mostly or local? We're actually global. We've got uh, multiple companies in Europe. We've got a few companies in Australia that we work with. And so, um, you know, I would say the majority of our clients are here in the U.S. Uh, We've got a lot of clients on the West Coast. Okay. Um, And we've got consultants that work not 24-7, but as you can imagine, email emergencies do happen. Yeah, email uh, doesn't stop. Email doesn't stop. And uh, I would say the other part to that is uh, Black Friday, Thanksgiving, oh, yeah. holidays are, are definitely very uh, very heavy when it comes to email, and we definitely get a lot of calls. Okay, thank you, Chris. We appreciate it. Good job. All right, next up on our show here on Silver Lining in a Cloud, brought to you by CDI Managed Services, is Andy Green. Andy is with Kennesaw State University, the Department of Information Systems, and he is assistant director there for information security education, does a lot of lecturing, is, is what I'm gathering. So uh, is there going to be a test at the end of this? Or there will be. There will be, be a short quiz? Yes, true, false and uh, some short answer and discussion questions as well. So. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, uh, I think it's a great segue, actually. Thanks, from, Thanks for, for having me here. Yeah, you it. bet. You bet. Hey, Andy, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do at the university, uh, about information systems, and uh, what it means and how it differentiates from uh, you know, other information context of uh, you know, 
right. security. So my primary job is to lecture uh, undergraduate students in our information security and assurance degree program. Uh, Kennesaw State is the only uh, only degree granting program at the undergraduate level that offers a degree in information security and assurance. Uh, there are other colleges, technical two-year, four-year uh, institutions that will offer uh, maybe a, a designated course here or there in security, and there may be some security-related components built into some other courses. But we are the only degree granting at the undergraduate level, only uh, degree granting program in information security and assurance in, in the state of Georgia, and right. one of the few in the southeast. Oh, wow. How did that come about? Because, you know, being the only one of anything is uh, there's something, some story behind that or a need or somebody's trying to create something. A lot of hard work done uh, done by some of my colleagues, uh, Dr. Mike Whitman, Dr. Herb Mattered. Uh, they actually stood the program up uh, seeing a need for it a few years ago. And so I came on faculty uh, a few years after that, starting as an adjunct, and then uh, transitioned into full-time, and I'm currently working on my Ph.D., but they saw a need in the marketplace for that to happen, uh, I, th- I think, well before most most uh, institutions saw it coming. And so we were, we're at the front end of that uh, and, and continue to work very hard to stay on the front end of that as oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kennesaw State University has become a, a household name almost around here. I mean, but it, was, it has. Go Owls. It has a, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, when you, when you get a football team and all that stuff going yeah, on. We, uh, yeah, we had a little bit of success here the last few weeks with the football team as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, this is, uh, I guess, apropos that you're adding a, a program like this and being unique uh, as, as, <laughs> as the university is expanding. Well, we're not new. We have been on the block for, uh, I want to say the program stood up permanently uh, 2006-2007 and so we've been around a few years um and you know you you hear terms tossed around interchangeably by the general public cyber cyber security it security and and information security or infosec and really it's the way our approach to that is that Cyber is different from IT security, is different from computer security. Um, those are sub-disciplines that are, that are important to be sure. But the idea behind the concept of information security is that we work to make sure that our graduates, our students, are prepared to help businesses like Chris's, for example, uh, secure their information assets. And in today's day and age, we automatically default to thinking uh, electronic uh, records, data of some type, but we also focus on on paper. Uh, I don't know when the last time was you've been to your doctor's office and looked oh. over the shelf, looked over the oh, looked oh, over sure, the, the yeah, cabinets, <laughs> and, and full of paper, oh, right? Yeah. And so the concept of information security uh, is is where we try and and position our our graduates to help organizations protect not just their electronic assets, but physical assets, personnel assets. Uh, and we, we focus on three different areas when, uh, when, uh, when we talk about it. We talk about, first of all, data in motion, you know, moving from system A to system B, if you will, or moving a piece of paper from one desk to another. Uh, we also talk about uh, protecting data when it's at rest. And so, for example, you know, who locks up the file cabinet at the end of the day, mm-hmm. or is data encrypted on a server, you know, simple, easy things like that. Um, and we take a three-prong approach that we focus on on uh, technical components within the organization, technical controls and measures that you can put into place. Also, managerial controls and policies that, that govern employee actions, like you're allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that, and, and the associated penalties that go along with that. And then the third prong is 
making sure that, that whenever possible that we have some type of education and training program in place for organizational employees. But quite honestly, when, when we start going through rough times financially, the, the CETA program, Security Education Training and Awareness Program, uh, that's going to be one of the first things that gets cut because it's a, it's a training and and when, when organizations need to focus on the bottom line, that's one of the things that will, that will get cut very early on. But it, it's an important component. So okay. that's, how we, that's how we look at things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly can go as deep as you want to in that, in that subject. Right? Absol- I mean, you absolutely. Can get, you can just keep drilling down and into a hole. Absolutely. Right? As, uh, as, as, security. As uh, I tell my students, if, uh, you know, if you don't have a job in this field when you graduate, it's because you didn't look hard enough. <laughs> uh, we are close to a zero I actually had an employer tell me this not too long ago. Uh, they're quoting a 0% unemployment rate in information security in the metro Atlanta area. I don't know where he got the data to back that up, but it sounds good, so I pick it up and run with it. So, Absolutely. That's great uh, data. But it's uh, our students. We have, wow, that's uh, exciting. Yeah, we have an interesting problem, which is our students will land internships their junior years and will we'll get converted to full-time positions. And so they're in, the, they're in the difficult position of working full-time without the degree that got them the internship to begin with. And so they then end up having to take classes either uh, at night or online wow. uh, to complete the degree. And uh, a big selling feature for us is the fact that our degree program is actually 100% online. Wow. You can take every one of the required courses, not just for the specialty in, in security insurance, but also the underlying business courses because mm-hmm. we are a business program. And so our students walk out with an exposure to business. They understand how business works, management, accounting, you know, marketing. They take all those mandatory courses. And then on top of that, they take the security specialties that, that get them the degree in information security and assurance. Oh, okay. And so every one of those courses you can take online. And, and all of our gen ed, uh, our general education courses, your biology, sociology, histories, all that, yeah. uh, they're all online as well. And so you can actually complete this degree 100% online. Oh, wow, that's excellent. That's excellent. It's sort of an inverted model, really, when people go out and they become students, but then they start, you know, Absolutely. working it's, somewhere as just a part-time, and they ended up getting hired. And it's it's a great position to be Never in. Never heard of that one. It's a great you position You are unique. We are. Kennesaw uh, University, everyone. <laughs> they are a leader in the uh, education of uh, information security. It's it's the only way to put it in my mind. Well, we we, we like to think we do good work, and and the feedback that we get from uh, from our partners out in in the business sector. Oh, absolutely! Let us, let us yeah, know that we great. are. That's great. I would think so. And this is a great town for that. Absolutely, uh, it's, um, and it's only growing. Big need for information security. We're not. So, how many away. courses are there, Andy? I mean, in in the school of or in the category of information security, how many? classes and so what's the curriculum look like so w- the curriculum looks like uh we we take a balanced approach first and foremost we uh we we've got some courses that are dedicated to the policy side of the house as i like to describe it and then we've got courses and this is my specialty area that are more technical in nature and so uh students are expected to take uh, a survey course principles of information security just to kind of get their feet wet uh, they're also expected to take a course in, in secure scripting. Uh, they're also expected to take a, a course in uh, two courses, actually, in, uh, in client system security, one for that takes the end user perspective in terms of securing individual systems and another one. Uh, that uh, focuses more on server security. We also require students to take network security, and we sum it all. And uh, I'm sorry I left out the management of information security. Uh, my colleague, Dr. Whitman, would be very upset with me <laughs> if I left that course out. Yeah, we don't want to leave anyone um, And then we wrap it all up with, uh, with the, uh, with the uh, 
uh, capstone course where they simulate uh, running uh, running a business uh, for an entire semester, and that includes policy development as well as the technical work that needs to be done to help facilitate uh, the running of, of okay. an organization. Okay, great. Andy Green with uh, Kennesaw State University, the Department of Information Security Systems. Excellent. Boy, that's a that's a that's a big. Uh, so, what is, what is this? What does a student's career path look like? Uh, you know, uh, I mean, if you can get if you can get a job that easily. Uh, what where, where does it go from there? So when when our students leave, like I mentioned previously, we we make sure we we take every step that we can to make sure that they're balanced both business perspective wise and technical perspective wise, and that really opens the door for them for any number of security related jobs right out of school. And so the the common titles that you will hear associated with with some of our entry level positions, I'm going to cheat and look at my list here because there are so many that I could I could just spin off like 47 off the top of my head. But we're talking about things like information security analyst, uh, business risk analyst, because at our heart, uh, we're really about risk management for the organization uh, through the lens of securing information assets. And so, uh, you know, a security consultant, which is a generic phrase that could mean any number of things. Um, we've got uh, systems, uh, security systems admin, things like that. Some of our more uh, technically focused students uh, prefer to go uh, the more technical route. And I'm actually starting to see more and more of our students actually leave and land jobs as professional penetration testers. And those are the those are the people who, if if they if they are on your pay payroll for for a gig, you like them. If they're not on your payroll, that means that they're that they're popping your boxes, and oh, uh, that means that they're the bad guys. But our 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 students are leaving with that technical skill set, and uh, they're finding actually quite a bit of success uh, functioning as penetration testers as well. So. Um, it's not something. It's not an area that we really focus on, and, and for that specific specialty, that takes a lot of work outside the traditional curriculum. But I've got some students who are who are geared in that direction and will take the time to do that. So, mm-hmm. and and the future is is bright. Uh, you know, I hate to say it, but every time you turn around, you you find organization A or organization B has been compromised in some way, shape, or form. I, I could rattle off names here in the metro area and and, and nationally that that when they get compromised, not if, but when they get compromised, <laughs> all of a sudden they start to realize the importance of the program. And so they then start to try and ramp up uh, staffing on, on their programs. And uh, that's where that's where we come into play. Okay. Well, it's just like anything that evolves, you know. It, it usually starts at some point and then people take a look at it. And no, no matter what it is, I mean, there's an apprenticeship type thing, you know, whether it's a trade or, uh, or anything. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, what is what is uh, what is a program? How is there certifications? Are there cr- certain credentials that are going to be more meaningful in the uh, commercial aver- or uh, private sector versus the government sector? Right. So um, we are still in our infancy as an <coughs> academic discipline, and we're still trying to figure out what we want to be when we grow up, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And one of the big areas where there's a lot of contention is the importance of. Uh, of an undergraduate degree versus certifications versus uh, practical experience in field. And so my, my recommendation when students come to me, they say, well, I want to get this, I want to get that in terms of certifications. My, my response to that is always, that's great. And, and I'm, I'm a fan of, of certifications and there are a ton of them out there. Um, but 
what most organizations are looking for and their HR functions are screening for is that piece of paper that says you graduated from a university. Mm -hmm. And so focus on that to make sure that, that you are able to check that box off in the HR function space and so that you can get through the screening process. And then, uh, start to prepare for taking certifications. Now, the certs, uh, depending on, on which direction you want to head in in the field, you know, Chris mentioned earlier his certification. The, the gold standard for management uh, of information security systems is the CISSP. Uh, there are certifications uh, that are offered uh, by other, other organizations like uh, CISM. Um, Certified Ethical Hacker is one that's out there. Um, the OSCP, there are multiple multiple organizations that offer these certifications and so it's kind of it's kind of a wild west landscape right now and i'm just sitting back waiting for the dust to settle a little bit to try and figure out where the clear-cut leaders are i can tell you that for the most part business uh business leaders will will look to see the uh, the cissp on their senior level management Mm -hmm. we don't expect a kid coming out of college to have the cissp because there are work-related components tied to that but you can you can sit for the exam and become what they call an associate of isc squared which is the certification body and then once you meet the work requirements and get a recommendation from a CISSP, then they'll they'll mint you with the CISSP certification. So the standards and all that is just sort of driven by just by virtue of anything that evolves. Right? Absolutely I mean, uh, right. There's always somebody who thinks that they can build a better mousetrap, and so <laughs> um, they, you know, and I'm not taking a I'm certainly not taking a shot at, at the certification organizations. No, They've all not. got a role to play, oh. but there are, there is a there is a plethora. Uh, of potential certifications that you could go out there and collect. And I, I see people who seem to strike me as professional cert collectors. And so they've got like 12 certs listed after their name. And my question is, what do you actually do besides? Well, they're prof- professional students in every uh, <laughs> walk of life, right? Yes. So, hey, some of us got to make the world go around. So yes, yes. Somebody's got to pay those tuitions. Yes. But, uh, no, that's good. That's okay. There's room for everybody out there. There, there is. You know? The table but is big enough, especially in our field. Let's be politically correct here today, okay, on silver lining in the uh, okay, great. Andy Green, good information uh, about the Department of Information Systems at uh, Kennesaw State University, a leader again in uh, coming up with uh, new concepts, new ideas for, for our young uh, upcoming people who need uh, quality work, and it's going to be a quality job. i got to believe that. It you is. It's, it's really not going anywhere. How do we catch the bad guys, uh, you know? Chris, Andy, come on. With you two guys sitting here with your background, what's going on with these bad guys out there? Why can't we catch them? You know, like, like you know, Andy said, it's, you know, build a better mousetrap, right? Uh, it's all about, you know, monitoring your systems, um, yep. having somebody uh, on your team that's watching out for you and making sure that things are done accordingly inside the organization. You know, Andy mentioned paper. There's also that uh, security perspective too, right? Physical security. Yeah. Uh, do you have your doors secured? Are you making sure things are locked? File cabinets are locked. Um, you know, Andy and I were talking before. Uh, I started at Emory for my undergrad and then went to Southern Polytech and did some information security and software engineering and IT. So he and I have some uh, common ground as a relates to information security and i understand especially from an email perspective uh andy from a broader uh broader perspective uh, from email but uh, making sure that things are locked down they're secure 
data breaches. You know, we've all seen those recent data breaches from those major organizations. Yeah. I won't say the dating site, but, uh, you know, <laughs> we nail, all know. <laughs> the nail biters. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, uh, uh, I mean, it's a vast world and it's just going to continue. So, uh, you know, for what you guys are doing, you're in good spaces. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's not an easy landscape to try and conquer. I mean, when you look at the large-scale organizations, and we'll, won't name names of organizations, but we all know who, who, who have been compromised over the last 18 months, two years, three years. Yeah. The, the old saying, it's tried but true, is that defenders have to be perfect every day, and attackers have to only be good once. <laughs> That's true. And, and then they've gotten a foothold into your organization, and then they look to pivot – and, and look to compromise other assets once they get that foothold within the organization. And yeah, so, yeah. you know, the uh, it, it, I liken I liken it to how do you protect your house? Well, first of all, you make sure all your all your windows and doors are locked. But then, what can you do beyond that? Do you have video running? Do you have a lot of green space in front of your property? Do you have guard dogs? Do you have fences? Do yeah, you have, yeah, you know, yeah. and the obvious thing. Right. And right. It, but it comes back to an important concept, which is defense in depth, where we don't simply rely on one managerial or one technical control to try and protect an asset. Mm-hmm. You, you layer that protection. And again, that comes back to how much time and effort you put into that layering. Well, that depends on the value of the asset in question. And so mm-hmm. one of the early things that, that we have, uh, that we try and drill into our kids is understanding that before you can protect anything, you got to know what you got. And so running through and, and doing uh, an asset inventory and then, you know, just knowing the raw assets, okay, I've got these items. And that could be tens to hundreds of thousands, depending on the scope of the organization. Yeah. Then, you know, that's, uh, that's the easy part, so to speak. The d- more difficult part is then determining What's the relative value of that asset to the organization? Yeah. Because you can't protect everything at all times. Yeah. So you've got to start picking and choosing because you've got limited resources to, to devote to protecting these assets. Mm-hmm. So you start picking what's, which one's more valuable than the other one. And mm-hmm. that's, that's really an art form, and that's where you've got to have some seasoned people in the room who, can, who understand your organization, understand the market vertical that you're in, and understand the, the value of the asset to that organization because the same asset could have two completely different values to two different organizations. And you're also looking at different threat vectors. You know, we talked about, you know, finding the bad guys. Well, bad guys aren't just a singular uh, monolithic group. Bad guys are, are motivated by different, by different values, different objectives. And so, you know, the, the, the e-commerce organizations of the world face an entirely different threat from a different vector than, than infrastructure, than, than military and defense contractors, than government agencies, than nonprofits. And so you have to start thinking about who is most likely to come at me, why, and then how do I protect against that? And then at the same time, there are some people in our field who will say, I don't care what their motivations mm. are. I simply know they're coming. Right. Yeah. What do I do? And right. so, right. you know, when I talk about us being in the wild, wild west, we don't even know how to think about threat actors and threat vectors coming in at organizations yet. So it's it's a fun time to be playing in this space. Oh, yeah, doubt. yeah. I mean, it just uh, it, it just brings a funny story to me. It's, uh, I had a guy call me one day, uh, Friday, Friday afternoon, and he said, uh, uh, my server's down and 
what do I do? I'm out it's of, always on a Friday I'm, afternoon. I'm in trouble. It's not working, and I've got important information on there, and I've crashed, and I'm, I fear that I've lost all my information. I said, well, you know, there's companies out there that'll that'll recover that data. And uh, he said, well, it's very important. i got to get this done. Can you get working on that, uh, and this, you know, right now? And I said, you know, and I said, well, I can make a few calls. Made a few calls and found out the cost and came back and said, uh, here's what it's going to cost you. And he said, no, nah, it's not that important. It's not yes. worth it. Yeah. yeah. All you of know. a sudden. So, yeah. yeah. Price. Start talking yeah, dollars. It's just a problem money yeah. can't solve. No. Absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, great, great, uh, great interviews. Great, great information. Uh, uh, good stuff. Uh, Andy, tell our listeners how they can uh, get more information about your courses there in the uh, School of, uh, I guess it's kind of the School of Information uh, it's Technology. We're in the we're in the Michael J. Coles uh, Business School uh-huh. located at Kennesaw State, and our department is uh, Information Systems. Uh, to get more information about uh, any of the degree programs that we offer, we offer uh, degree programs in Information Systems and Information Systems uh, or Information Security and Assurance at the undergraduate level, uh, you can contact uh, for specifically for security-related items, you can contact Dr. Herb Mattered, who's the assistant, uh, newly minted assistant department chair. So shout out to my colleague, Dr. Mattered, there mm-hmm. um, at H Mattered M A T T O R D at Kennesaw.edu, and he can handle basically any any of your questions that you would have, whether it relates to uh, you know information about our program itself. We're always looking to partner with uh, with uh, with outside businesses. Uh, you know, we're always actively seeking internships, co-ops uh, that we can place our students in. So, if if there's an organization out there that that needs a needs some of those roles filled, we will be more than happy to talk with you about that. More than happy because we want to place our students. Okay, Andy. Uh, I wrote down threat vectors. I know that's going to be on the quiz. Absolutely. First of all, can you spell it? It's right. Threat. Yeah, threat. And then vector. Absolutely. I so. love that. I love <laughs> yes. that. I would expect nothing less from an educator. Right. <laughs> Not an educator. I'm a teacher. Oh, There's a difference. A, a prof. <laughs> Very good. Thank you so much. Uh, you've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk business to business. And thank you so much to our guest today, Chris Arendelle, CEO at uh, Inbox Pros in Marietta, and also Andy Green, lecturer on information security Uh, systems at uh, Kennesaw State University. We appreciate you both for what you do in contributing to the Atlanta and the surrounding communities. And on behalf of our sponsor, CDI Managed Services, I'm Dominic Rainey, and it's been a pleasure hosting today's show. To listen to this show and other Silver silver Lining in the Cloud broadcasts, go to silverlining.businessradiox.com. And until next time, remember, when it comes to outsourcing your IT support or migrating your company to the cloud, CDI Managed Services is your Silver Lining in the Cloud. (laughs) 